0: Ryan. Hey, before we jump into, into the, the message tonight, if you will, Ryan, don't take this from um, my time that you've allotted me tonight, which is 17 minutes and 48 seconds. But I do want to say thank you for restarting that. That was beautiful. It went back to 18 minutes. Um, I want to say a couple of things. Number one, uh, let's, let's shave my head. That's too easy. Let's do this, Ryan. If on May 22nd, this is real, okay? If on May 22nd, I think is the date, if this section right here is full and those one, two, three, four sections are full of students, then I will get another tattoo. All right, so let's, let's, let's make that. I, there's a story behind, I've got two tattoos. One is um, a bad thing, it's a bad situation, and I regret it. Um, but Ryan, I'm serious, I will do that for real uh, if this whole place is full, this, this whole section on May 22nd. You cannot choose it, no, oh my gosh. Y'all gonna do, no, 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 no. But that will happen on May 22nd, I'm serious. If this place is full, and I get to choose a location as well. Thank you very much. All right, second thing is this. There are some people around the room and in our lobbies who wear our, tonight are wearing red shirts, and they say live volunteer on them. If you haven't noticed, yeah, you can give them a hand. That's great. There are our live volunteers. And I want to say this. If you are an adult in the room, and you are not one of our live volunteers, my name is Seth, and we would love for you to be one of those people for us. And what you can do is email me at s.e.fips, which is P-H-I-P-P-S, at second.org, sephips at second.org. And let me know you want to serve. We would love to plug you in if you are an adult in the room and would love to serve with us at live. Um, we'd love to make that happen because we could always use more volunteers. They truly, truly make this place incredible like it was tonight. If you have a Bible tonight, I would love for you to turn or in your phone or wherever to the book of Revelation. That's right, yeah, yeah, Revelation. I heard some like, what, huh? We we don't really talk about the book of Revelation, so I'm really excited to be coming from Revelation chapter 20. And we'll jump in there in just a second, but we're tonight concluding a series uh, called At the Movies, if you will. We've been having stuff in the lobby and and popcorn and drinks, and last week we talked about um, a thing called trailers, right? And if you were here... Uh, we, we talked about a great trailer for the movie um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. And uh, that's right, if you saw it, um, I'm not going to spoil it for you, even though I really want to, if you didn't see it. Um, but there's also another movie coming out called Lion King that we talked about that I'm really excited for. And how, yes, right, and how amazing the trailer is. But here's what we said that trailers, just like how trailers point to the premiere of a movie and get us ready for it. Our lives as believers, as human beings, were designed and created to point others to the ultimate premiere of all time, Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about. And what does that look like? So this week, we're going to move to after the movie, right? So when you're in a theater and the movie ends, what happens? The credits come on, right? Yeah, the credits. There you go. If you went and saw... Avengers Endgame, you watch the credits. Any movie has credits after. And if you're like me, you, you, you want to jet out of there. Like, like, I don't, any movie, I don't really want to watch um, the, the credits because it's just kind of boring, right? The only reason typically that I stay is if I fell asleep in the movie, which my wife does all the time and it drives me crazy. So we ended up staying and watching the credits because I try to wake her up and it takes forever. Or you eat a bunch of popcorn and drink a lot of soda, and you're just like, I don't feel like moving, and you just kind of sit there until you can, like, pick your body up, all right, and, like, slug, or I don't know if that's a word, but kind of make your way out of the theater, right, but you see the credits. Or maybe it's a Marvel movie, right, and here's what Marvel has done, okay? Here's what Marvel has done. They put a real incredible genius thing called after-credit scenes after the credits, right, and here's what you do you stick around for it. And so subconsciously, you're seeing the entire credits when really they're just showing you a clip that they just made up and put in there and you're super excited for, it, but you're seeing the entire thing. By the way, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, close your ears right now if you haven't seen the movie. I'm gonna say this though. There is no after credit scene for Endgame. So there you go. There you go, it's ruined. <laughs> I told you, Ryan. Ryan and I saw it together and he didn't believe me. But here's the point of credits, okay? Listen to this. Credits, just like a trailer points us to the movie premiere, credits, they point us to the people who were involved in making the movie. The credits show everyone who participated in making it happen, whether you were an actor, a producer, a director, a musician, a stunt double, whatever you were, all those involved are in the credits. And if you sat there and you actually watched those, like I, I would encourage you to just do it, just to see every single person that's involved. Like I watched a credit, an entire thing before I gave this message, because I wanted to see every single person. It's a lot of people. There's a lot of people involved in movies. It's a long list, and anyone who participates makes it in. And so here's what we're going to talk about tonight. The Bible has in credits too. There's credits in the Bible. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's in the book of Revelation, Revelation, by the way, the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John. John was on an island. I want to tell you this because you should know the background. He was on an island where he had been, he had been placed, he had, had been left there, and God comes to him and God begins to give John visions of the future, visions of what it looks like when Christ returns, the end times. Right? So imagine you're John. It was called the island of Patmos, John is chilling on this island. No one is a deserted, vacant island. He's by himself. He's been abandoned there, left there because he was a Christian. And all of a sudden, no matter what he's doing, sleeping, eating, I don't know what you're doing because you're by yourself on an island, whatever he does, God comes to him and gives him visions. Visions of what the end times are going to be like when Christ comes back. So when you read the book of Revelation, you begin to see these things that a lot of times don't make sense because it's it's kind of complicated. And it takes a lot of study to understand it. But there's one moment that I want to talk about where he gives him a vision of heaven and what heaven is like. And what happens at the moment that everyone is in heaven standing before God. So listen to this in Revelation 20 verses 11 through 15. It says this, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which was called the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the dead and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which is hell. The lake of fire is the second death, following death on earth. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life, listen to this, was thrown into the lake of fire. So there's a lot happening here. And and, and we could spend, oh my gosh, I love this. Because we could spend so much time breaking this down if if you wanted to. But we we don't have the time. I have 11 minutes and 47 seconds. So we can't do that. There's a lot going on though. And John gets this vision and he tries to write it and depict it to us. But here's what we see. First, we see that this is the moment. Christ has returned. Jesus comes back. And now everyone, every human being is standing before the judge. Who is the judge? God the Father. He's the ultimate judge. And every person is standing before him. Every human being. The world has ended. Christ return, returned. Eternity is beginning. And people are standing before God. And it talks about, which is key tonight, the book of life. And it tells us that there are names written in this book. By the way, this book of life is mentioned nine other times in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, nine other times, four times specifically in Revelation, including this one. Revelation 13, 8, a different passage of Scripture, calls it this, the Lamb's book of life. Here's what it says. All inhabitants of earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Again, the same book there. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And here's what it tells us, that there are people's names written in the book. There's our credits. There's people names in this book. And And there's many different beliefs on on, on how their names got in the book and and if it's everybody's name and the ones who don't believe in Jesus are erased or if, if it's just the names of the ones who've given Jesus their life. There's many theories and opinions on, what's, on how this book came to be, if it's even a real book or if it's a figurative book. But here's what we know. Here's what we know for sure. There are end credits mentioned in the Bible. Just like at the end of a movie, there's end credits that list everyone's name who was involved. There is an end credit. It is the book of life, and there are certain people in it and certain people not in the book. Those who are approved, what happens to them? they enter into heaven. Those who are in the book enter into eternity with Jesus. They are not separated. They were saved by Jesus. Then it says something that we don't really like to read. It says that there are people who were not in the book, who were not found in the credits, and they are thrown into the lake of fire. Verse 15 again said, anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Hell. Can you imagine that? Like So John is seeing this vision happen like it's happening in real time. Imagine that moment. That's really going to happen. Whatever it looks like, there's going to be a moment where the judge, God, looks at every human being and says, You were saved. You were a Christian. So enter into heaven. You were not. Your name is not in the book. You're not in the credits. Hell is your destination. That is a real moment. And it's real and it's heavy But Jesus talks about it as well. In Matthew 25, he said this in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations are going to be gathered before him, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep to his right and the goats to his left. He's talking about the same situation. So we know what's going to happen. And so tonight... As we work through just one thing tonight, here's, I want to give you a question and I want to give you the main point. Here's the question for tonight that I'm asking that we should all ask. How do I make it into the end credits? How do I make it into the end credits? How do I have my name written in the Lamb's book of life? This is called salvation. How How do I get that? And here is the main point right here. If you're taking notes, please write this down. I'll say it real slow. Eternal life with Jesus is found in a relationship, not a religion. Eternal life, spending eternity with Jesus, is found, happens in a relationship, not a religion. Christianity is about a relationship, y'all, with Jesus. It's not about rules and regulations and restrictions. And the truth is, is maybe some of you feel that way. Because I grew up in church. I was a PK, which means pastor's kid. And I thought that my whole life. That how I performed and the way I looked to my dad's pastor buddies and deacons in the church, which are important people in the church, determined my salvation. Until I was 18 years old. And I realized I was a pretty horrible person. And I needed to be changed. But that is the biggest difference between our faith and other religions, one of the biggest differences, that it's about a relationship. And that's why Christianity gets so hard and confusing at times because we get focused because, of, because it is a religion and there are things that we participate in. But our minds so many times go to, oh, it's about rules and, and doing this and earning Christ's favor or his approval or being good or looking good. It's not about that when it comes to salvation, the fundamental Part of Christianity is about a relationship. That's it. Eternity, eternal life with Jesus is found in a relationship, not a religion. And so the question that comes out of that that I just asked, if it's a relationship and it's not a religion, Seth, then how do I make it in? How do I get in there? How do I spend eternity on the good side? How do I spend it with with Jesus? How do I make it in that book? Well, if it's found in a relationship, not a religion, then write this down. It's about a relationship built on faith, not a religion built on works. Some of you need to hear that today. It's about a re- relationship built on faith alone, instead of, a relation, instead of a religion built on works, doing good things, trying really hard, it is not built on that. It is built on faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.1 that faith is this. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance or certainty about what we don't see. That's what faith is. It's being confident about things that we can't really see. And so Christianity is founded on that. But I feel like at times, we feel like we have to perform or gain salvation. And guys, that's not the case. It's not about a performance. We talked about it last week. Jesus was the performance. He did it all. He did all the work. We don't have to do that. And as I said, that's what separates us from a lot of religions in the world. Islam, which is a religion, you have to earn your salvation from Allah based on the good things that you do. On the way you live your life. Hinduism says how you live your life on earth is gonna determine how pleasant your afterlife is. Whether you come back as something great or something horrible. Mormonism says if we wanna live with God forever, we have to keep his commands. There's even versions of Christianity called Catholicism that say it's about earning and working your way to salvation, to paradise. Guys, it's about faith here's what i want you to know today god has done the work he already did it he did it through jesus jesus did all of the work but sometimes we can get so stuck in the religion side of things i've been there with you that we feel like we have to work and earn our way to him and maybe you came in here today and you're feeling like, man, I need to do more good in my life so that I can earn God's favor, God's blessing, so that God will love me again. Maybe you don't feel like a Christian today. Maybe you've messed up and everything in you wants to give your life to Christ again. Well, it's not about that. If you've done that in your life, you've given him your life, you put your faith in him as it talks about things that you can't see, but you trust in it, you trust in him, that's all it takes. And maybe you just need to refocus some things in your life. But it's all about faith. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. It's all about faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. It is not from yourselves. It's not your work. It's not what we do. It is the gift of God. But by works. But not by works. So that no one can boast. It tells you why. And then John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life whoever believes in him not whoever works for him not whoever performs for him not for whoever does a great job for him but whoever believes in him do you hear that tonight but it's really 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 easy to get caught in that It's really, really easy to come in here and and, and go, gosh, during this invitation, I just don't know. Invitation is the time after we're about to have in a second where you have the opportunity to accept Christ. I don't know if I'm a Christian because I don't feel like I'm really working for him or I'm in the right place. I just don't know. Let me tell you something. If you have given him your heart and your life and you have trusted in him and you've declared that in your life, you are a Christian. Your name and my name are in the Lamb's book of life and nothing can erase that. I believe that if you've truly done that in your life. And so maybe today you need to let go of that, walk in freedom in that, that you are a Christian. There's nothing you can do to earn it. Like God doesn't care about that. He didn't care about your works when it comes to your salvation. He cares about where's your trust, where's your faith. I couldn't help but share this with you guys as, um, as we close. I, could, I, uh, I did a funeral, meaning... Um, I officiated a funeral. Yes, we do those, a funeral service for someone, a memorial service, if you will, yesterday. And it was for a family who this gentleman approached me, wanted me to, to participate and officiate. What that means is I gave a message at the funeral for this family. I walked through this moment with them. And here's what, when I first met with the family, here's what the son of the man who passed away, his father passed away, here's what he told me. He said, um, because the conversation came up about his dad being a Christian. And he said, man, I I don't know, Seth. I don't know if my dad was a Christian. He lived his whole life as a really good Catholic. He was a Catholic from, from the time he was born. He worked really, really hard. He tried to please God, and he always thought that the more good he did, the more God would be pleased with him and give him salvation, save him from his sin. And he said, so I I couldn't let my dad go and pass away from this earth without having one last conversation. And so the day before his dad died, he had a moment. His dad could not hear. I'm sorry, could not speak. He could hear. And so he was playing worship songs for him that day, all day long. But he could not speak. Couldn't talk. Couldn't use his throat. Couldn't use his voice. But he looked his dad in the eye and he said, dad, let me tell you something. I know you've lived a really good life, but I want you to know that it's about a relationship and I wanna see you again in heaven. And so I want you to know that it is about knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and savior. It's not about the work that you've done. It's about knowing him. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And here's what he told me, his dad nodded his head at him. And he believes that his dad accepted that that day passed away the next morning it was so encouraging to me I gave the guy a hug because I was so excited that he was not going to miss the opportunity as his dad had lived a life based on works to tell his father number one I want to see you again I want your name to be written in the Lamb's book of life because I want to see you in heaven I want you to spend eternity with Jesus I care about your life I love you and it's not about works. It's about a relationship. So I want you to know that today. And maybe you came in here tonight, as I said, and that is, that, that, that's kind of how you feel about your faith in Jesus. Maybe you don't even know it. I mean, I've got to do things. I've got to look a certain way. I've got to act a certain way so that God will continue to let me go into heaven one day or so that, God, that God will stay pleased with me Or so that he'll continue to give me this this salvation, this grace that I accepted in my life. Students, adults, it is not about that. So walk in freedom today, as I said. If you struggle with that, walk in freedom today. That God doesn't look at that. He doesn't judge us based on that. He judges us based on what Christ did for us, the work that he did on the cross and to come back from the dead because that wasn't easy, by the way. He had to defeat sin and he did it. And Jesus rose from the dead and that was the work. That is all that was needed. And so what does it take? It takes for us to go, okay, I trust that. I believe that. I give my life to that and to just follow him. That's it. so maybe you've done that, but you just just keep a, a record of the things that you do. Stop doing that, please. Stop today. Walk in freedom that he has approved you. He has forgiven you. You are going to be there with him one day. And maybe today you came in here, and maybe you've been doing that your whole life, and you never truly accepted and believed that. You thought it was works. You thought, oh, my parents follow Jesus. So I'm just going to do the same thing. But you never made it your own faith. How do you do that? You ask Jesus to come into your life. That's why we do a prayer every single time that we give a message, because that's what it's about. It's about asking Jesus, hey, I confess that I believe you, that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose again. I confess my sin. I give you my life. That's what it takes. And so maybe tonight you need to do that for the very first time. So with heads bowed, eyes are closed.